Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome. I'm Mike Gary, your host for the Whistleblower Report, and this is going to be your faith segment here today. I've got a good show for you. This is kind of like a family show. My Myself, wife, and daughter were all part of a Speak Up for Life uh, event, and uh, this is an event that was to combat uh, our governor's full-term abortion bill. Uh, that she was presenting called LD-1619. But before I get into that, I would like to talk to you, or I'd like to thank our Truth for Health uh, Foundation donors um, that have helped so graciously over the last couple of years to support those people in need uh, that have had legal battles from all these mandates. We really thank you. It's funny, just recently, as I was preparing a second legal defense for myself, I was uh, pulled up the story of lawyer Davis Yance and Lieutenant Bill Mosley of the Navy. And uh, of course, they discovered there was no FDA approved product when it comes to the vaccines. But it's very funny that down below was the Truth for Health Foundation donors that supported that efforts and that big victory, which I believe we're going to see coming to uh, uh, play re- you know, with all these current lawsuits that are coming. So be watching for that. That was a key event that happened in May of 2022. Okay, but more on that, some other show. Right out of the gate, I want to, uh, I know the listeners know that I'm a major in the, which in the main Army Guard, but I have recently transitioned over to the Army Reserve. So I'm going to put a disclaimer out there for myself. I'm not a representative of the Department of Defense. Uh, These are my own opinions and my own thoughts. And again, I'm speaking freely as a free man, free citizen of the United States of America. Okay. So I'd like to share this for the audience out there because it's a good news story that everybody needs to know. And it's a little known story. Uh, As I opened up, my family has participated heavily in this Speak Up for Life or, or you know, pro-life movement here in Maine that's trying to combat uh, the governor's, Governor Janet Mills' abortion bill called LD-1619. Okay, so with that, uh, we what the nation doesn't know is several uh, thousand people showed up to, uh, in support of the testimonies, on 1 May of 2023. That was the day uh, that the Judiciary Committee here in Maine opened up uh, testimonies for the public. And we had a record, a historical record number 
of testimonies. 675 people signed up to conduct those testimonies. Uh, There's never been anything like this here in Maine. My guess is uh, this could be a record across the nation too. Again, it would be hard for me to confirm, but I just want to kind of, you know, give this the significance it deserves that this was a major thing and it barely got any national attention. So what I'm going to do here to kind of set the table for the audience here is there was one article, a national article, Fox News uh, printed that came out to actually, uh, you know, make the public aware of this event. And I'm going to read this article to you and then we'll, uh, we'll move on from there. Okay. The article is entitled, Hundreds of Pro-Lifers Dominate Marathon All-Night Hearing on Maine's No Limits Abortion Law. All life has value, whether someone else thinks it or not, a woman said at the hearing. And this is uh, by Aubrey Spady and Thomas Fippen of Fox News. Okay, so it says, Hundreds of pro-life Mainers testified against a bill that would remove most limitations on abortion in the state in an overnight, nearly 20-hour-long hearing on the proposal. It says, uh, Democrat Governor Janet Mills introduced the bill in January of 2023 to alter the state's law for allowing abortions after fetal viability in the case of the health or life of the mother to allow Uh, to allowing abortion after the point at which the fetus can survive by itself outside the womb. During the public hearing that began Monday, more than 675 pro-lifers signed up to testify um, against the legislation as early as 7 a.m. and only 65 speaking in favor of the bill's Uh, The hearing lasted over 19 hours into Tuesday morning, a historically long public hearing in the state of Maine. Then it goes on to state, uh, state rep Laurel Libby, who testified at the hearing, described the remarkable movement of pro-lifers showing up to block, uh, showing up to block the bill. What I've seen is that there is not just enthusiasm from public hearing Monday and yesterday, but to continue the efforts moving forward and make sure that people are eager to keep reaching out to their legislators and advocating for them to kill this bill, Libby told Fox News Digital in an exclusive interview. Yesterday and today, for the past 18 hours, we have seen the heart of Maine. We've seen the indomitable spirit of true Mainers, their pure intention to speak up for life and to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. This committee has forgotten the meaning of we the people and has adopted the philosophy of tyranny of the majority, she said. Libby also decried the committee decision to to limit pro-lifers' comments to one minute while others got to speak for two minutes. Uh, Closer to the start of the hearing, Maine Attorney General Aaron Fry was asked if there should be any reasonable restrictions on abortions. What I believe is that the place for which that decision to be made 
about how a woman exercises her reproductive choices is best trusted to the woman in consultation with a medical professional, Fry said. When asked if there are any legal protections for a child, Fry said, this is a woman making a decision about what to do with her body. There isn't a live child that's out at this point that this decision is concerned with. Uh, When did babies become the enemy? How have we sunk so low to consider killing full-term babies as acceptable, one woman said. There is no logical reason we should allow LD 1619 to pass in Maine, another resident said. And then a friend of my daughter, a young teenage girl, Zoe Hutchins from Fairfield asked, is, this, is your life precious to you? Are you glad that your mother or grandmother understood that your life was precious? All life has value, whether someone else thinks it or not. Ann Fowler, a minister in the Episcopal Diocese of Maine and supporter of the pro-abortion legislation, was near the start of the hearing. If there's a difference between the rights of a baby and one day before and the day after it is born, I measure value and rights on the basis of potential versus actual actuality, she responded. Despite allowing uh, abortion up to fetal viability, usually around 24 weeks of pregnancy, the new proposal suggests changes to the standard for when an abortion may be performed after viability to when a licensed physician determines that it is necessary instead of when it is necessary to preserve the life or health of the mother. Okay, so that is the national article, the one that made it across the nation that came out on May 4. So uh, that would be the only uh, indication for the nation that something went on in Maine that was historically significant. So before I move on here, I just need to grab a drink and then it's very interesting. So this was put in the first of the year. So as soon as January happened, that bill LD 1619 was introduced. And I just want to draw uh, to the audience uh, your attention to the fact that there's a lot of symbolism here. First of all, the bill is labeled LD 1619, which is a reference uh, to the 400th year of enslaved Africans, right? So this is the new found America's new historical foundation under critical race theory, CRT, uh, where they're trying to make America out to be this evil country for having slaves. So that's the whole point behind 1619. It's the 400th year of, you know, to celebrate this, this is something else, but to commemorize this, the 400th year of enslaved Africans, um, 1619 to 2019, 2019 is when this started to come out in a massive way. And, uh, the, uh, author per se, or the one who brought this out is Hannah Jones. She's kind of the one behind the movement. She was the of the CRT movement, that is, which, you know, 1619 is the new founding of America to this critical race theory. And uh, she was the recipient of the John D. and Catherine and MacArthur Foundation uh, grant. So government grant, they gave money to make this happen. So this is how things are 
this is how it never it seems like we never make progress in this country because government funds are being used against uh the american values and it's also that grant is also nicknamed the genius grant can you imagine that the genius grant so you know a lot of these grants have had detrimental effects on an actual American history. Now, to give uh, you a little more understanding on this bill, and uh, it, first of all, it's called, it's nicknamed um, an act. So LD 1619 is nicknamed an act to improve Maine's reproductive privacy laws. Okay, it's an act to improve them. Okay. But here's what the bill actually does, okay? And I'm going to read this summary to you here. This bill would allow physicians to conduct an abortion at any point during a pregnancy up to the birth of the baby. This would replace Maine's current standard of no abortion after the point of viability, except to preserve the life or health of the mother. With any abortion after uh, the point of viability, if it is necessary, in the professional judgment of the physician. The word necessary is undefined, and there are no parameters set to determine this necessity. It is left completely to the judgment of the physician. Uh, this bill also eliminates any serious penalties for an unlicensed person who provides an abortion illegally and eliminates criminal penalties for licensed providers that perform abortions after viability, further undercutting the law, uh, providing tacit approval of a people performing abortions illegally. Okay, so right there, uh, there's an undefined parameters and then uh, no penalties. To, to point out the two big things in this bill and then reasons for opposition. So you can see um, if you're in favor of the bill, you're in favor of, you know, these undefined uh, parameters and you're uh, in favor of also, uh, you know, anybody can perform an abortion. So that's what you would be in favor of. So we were in opposition of it. And here's the reasons for opposition. This expansion of abortion would make Maine more extreme than states like New York and California, and one of the most extreme states in the country. Abortion on demand with no limitations, in dangerous or in unethical, with no definition of what constitutes necessary, no medical requirements, and no ethics test. There is no way to stop an abortion for any reason, including race, sex, or disability. Late-term abortion is not health care. The definition of healthcare is efforts made to maintain or restore physical, mental, or emotional well-being, especially by trained and licensed professionals. Terminating a life due to sickness or disease or any reason is the opposite of healthcare. Okay, Democrat leaders have uh, lied repeatedly about their true intention. During the campaign in 2022, they were uh, content with the laws as it was. In January, they announced they would uh, propose a narrow expansion to address specific instances of tragic fetal disease and debilitation. They have since moved the goalpost again. Now propose an abortion on demand with no limitations to the point of birth. And then uh, Planned Parent. So last point here, Planned Parent 
Hood has spent millions in the 2022 elections in Maine and across the country trying, you know, uh, trying to get politicians to work towards this end. Uh, it was Planned Parenthood uh, down payment on this new radical abortion policy. Okay, so they're the ones who have funded this. And, you know, this is like an overwhelming force to overcome where you can see uh, there's just so much government money or grant money involved in one way or another to combat this. However, uh, the grassroots of Maine has showed up. And just to kind of give you an example of that day, when I was reading the article earlier, it said 10 o'clock was the sign-up time for testimonies. Now, uh, that day, my wife was working, and uh, she was going to get out a little afternoon time and come sign up. My goal was to sign up early and come back, get my kids, and then spend the, you know, the day in the state house in Maine. And what I discovered is when I got there at 930 to put my name on the roster is that there was starting to be to become hundreds of people all showing up at the same time. So I quickly, uh, my, my goal was to sign up and then go back and get my children. Well, I quickly learned that the line was so long that there was no way that was going to happen. So I had to adjust my plans and uh, get my, you know, find a new way to get my children there in the afternoon. And I made those arrangements. But my point is, is <laughs> I showed up a half hour before the, you know, the official signing up time, and it took me three hours in line, three hours, and it was the final uh, sign up point was on the fourth floor, and uh, so we were zigzag through the state house, going upstairs after stairway after stairway to sign up, sign on to the final roster, which. They signed us up into groups, which they called blocks. And my block was uh, block 13. Every block was 25 people. And I think we ended up having 27 blocks total. So if you do the math, it comes out to, you know, right around 650 to 675 people, depending on how many people signed up on that last block. And uh, there's just an awesome day. So even though I was in that line for nearly three hours, the people I was in line with were awesome people. And all I can say is it was like being at a Trump rally or a MAGA rally where uh, it was all good people, peaceful, happy, joyful. Uh, the lady that was behind me in line, she was a nurse who lost her job or had to get done uh, similar to me. So we had a lot of things in common to talk about. And uh, it was very hopeful, uh, all the people that I talked with in line. And it was just a very energizing event all in all. So it, it was definitely, I would say, the best day I've experienced probably in the last six months for just being hopeful, joyful, and all that. So to give you a little more understanding of what has taken place here. Maine's population is about 1.3 million. And you heard me mention in the earlier article from Fox, uh, Laurel Lib, uh, she is a uh, House of Representatives, so from District 90 here in Maine. 
the Auburn Minot district. And this is her second term. So she came in during COVID where we pretty much didn't have legislators meet for like a year and a half or I don't know, it was a long time. So we didn't have representation. So she came in under that. I'm sure that was very unique to learn, but she has uh, really taken the lead and done a great job mobilizing the churches specifically and other uh, groups of people that are against, um, you know, this expansion to full-term abortion. Uh, she's also, you know, supported and had all great support from all the pregnancy centers across Maine, especially this one here in central Maine. Uh, so this has gone very well. And uh, so another thing that she's done tremendously is she's gotten a lot of volunteers to help out. And my daughter, which I'm going to, after the break, I'll read my daughter's testimony, but my daughter has been become a key um, volunteer because she was able to get a lot of the other younger teenage girls to help do this and uh, help support and make the phone calls, do the rosters, uh, set up the events, hand out pamphlets. I mean, there's a lot to it. And another thing that's gone on, not only did we mobilize uh, Laurel Libby, mobilize people to testify that day on May 1, but uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, ads to the editor, editorial sent. There's been a lot of letters to the specific Judiciary Committee members. Uh, so there's been all this effort. And again, that mounts to thousands of pieces, you know, of proof, whether it's, you know, it's testimony, written testimonies going, or it's been, uh, you know, uh, uh, discussions into the editor pages uh, put out there. So it's been a lot of stuff that has communicated that we, the people here in Maine, do not want expansion uh, on this bill. So interestingly, another thing to note on that day, May 1, which went into May 2, the article says 20 hours of testimony. Well, if we would have had our three minutes like the ones that were for the bill. So everybody that was for the bill, which was somewhere between 36 and 50 people that testified. I know the article said 65, but on the ground, I was hearing 36 more frequently of a number. And then I heard some people say there was 50 that testified in favor of the bill. So they, and that only took about approximately an hour and a half, two hours for them to do their piece. They got to go first. And uh, so then we went after. And when we went after, we were immediately given only two minutes. So the ones in favor were given three. And as we started, we were only given two. So everybody's adjusting their testimonies if they wrote them for um, three minutes. And then eventually, about 10 o'clock at night on May 1, they changed to one minute per testimony. So if we would have had our three minutes, we would have had a 33 hour, uh, a 33 hours of testimonies that would have gone into uh, 1 a.m. Wednesday morning. So it would have been a multi-day, uh, more than just the two days, it would have been a multi-day uh, you know, event, which would have been, uh, my guess is this would have been historic across the country, but it didn't play out that way. They limited us to one minute. And I know um, some were pressing 
the issue that why why did you limit us to one minute you know and and that was against procedures and other things i've heard but again i can't confirm that stuff i just know that the ones that were in opposition on the judiciary committee weren't happy that we were limited to one minute so it would have been 33 hours total which would have been awesome now uh to this day here's the good news part of this to this day they still the judiciary board still hasn't been able to uh schedule a work session for this so they because they continue to get berated by the main people with their uh lack of support of this bill so there's only as of uh, last weekend there was only 10 days left in the uh in the uh, set legislative session. So I think we're about down to six or five days left now. And uh, this is becoming an issue for them. They haven't been able to make a uh, set up a work group because the testimonies go against what was supposed to be a slam dunk for them. So this is very interesting. And this is a win. So the nation needs to know this is a win for us. Um this is a massive win and should be celebrated across the nation. And it's going to be increasingly more difficult to just uh, slam dunk this thing and pass it through because as they're finding out, people are in opposition to this majorly. So another thing that was done recently is 1,184 testimonies, written testimonies were sent uh, just this past week excuse me and um so i mean it just goes on and on and on maine is making a major stand for life and this is an awesome thing and i think it should be celebrated across the nation and that's why i kind of want to do this whistleblower faith segment is to show that you know something that was supposed to just be run through and should have been passed like probably the second week of May hasn't even been given a work session yet because the grassroots in Maine has made a tremendous stance on this. And uh, it just shows you again, how disconnected, uh, you know, our elected officials are. And uh, so when uh, we're getting close to the end of this uh segment so after the break i would like to talk more about the testimonies that were given and then we can review um we can review a few other things uh details that i might have missed but it's uh it's a good thing um that has happened here in maine i just want to make sure that uh everybody understands that this is historic what happened okay so um we're going to Take a break, and when I come back, we will discuss, uh, like I said, more on this issue. But I want to put in a plug for check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Uh, check out our resources, our COVID treatment guides, our COVID vaccine injury treatment guide. Also, che check out our faith and over fear seminars. And you can, like I said earlier, you can go to www.truthforhealth.org. Be back after the break. This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. 
Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate. Many of them have lost their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating the constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That is truthforhealth.org. Truth, the word for, health.org. God bless you. Amen. Oh, to he who has an ear. Life begins at conception of every second. So who are you to cut the legs off of a baby and behead them? When does it end? Where is the line drawn? At age 10, 18, 60, or 81, yeah. Murder remain. This discussion is insane. Vote for death and we'll know the traitors and murderers by name. Anti-American, hateful, and inhumane. As you rip, watch your step for their blood will be on your hands. Thousands of souls, we the people like here in droves. Raising our voice like trumpets because we will never fold. Weakness won't last if your house is built on sand. Your house will collapse. Repent while there's time left. We built a house on the word of God that reigns forever. We're here to govern in righteousness. We Welcome back. Jesus is the way to truth the life. This is the second half of right the Whistleblower Report faith segment. Cover us by and, the blood. Uh, you probably just heard, you should have just heard this awesome testimony where a Brett Rayo from Thompson, Maine, uh, saying before the Judiciary Board, what an awesome testimony that was. Uh, that was truly uplifting, and that was in one of the last groups or blocks, as they called them. It was done approximately 5.30 to 6 o'clock a.m. on the 2nd of May, and uh, it was just a really upbeat testimony and uh for the audience out there uh there was things like this that went on all through the testimony just great i mean there was children that spoke there was mothers uh that spoke there were they had you know um tubal pregnancies there was uh women who had previous abortions that converted to christianity i mean there had to have been 50 to 100 women like that that testified it was just really awesome so um what i'm gonna do is in the spirit of sharing hopefulness and uh you know kind of spreading ideas too across the nation as these abortion bills are are starting to uh poke up all across the country is i'm going to read my testimony and I was in block 13 group, you know, group 13. And I ended up doing my testimony approximately 1.30 a.m. on the 2nd of May. And, uh, you know, if if we would have had the proper amount of time, like I was speaking earlier, if we would have had our, two, you know, three minutes or two minutes, I would have been able to speak approximately 6 or 7 a.m., uh, to you know tuesday may 2nd however that did not occur so i ended up uh checking my block change uh and i showed up for 1 a.m and i ended up speaking approximately 1 30 a.m uh and here is my testimony i say 
Hello, members of the Judiciary Board. My name is Michael Gary, and I live in China, Maine. I am testifying today in opposition of LD 1619, an act to improve Maine's reproductive privacy laws, a gift from God, Genesis 4.1, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Eve was elated, overjoyed, and Genesis 3.20, she was the mother of all living, mother of all living. And I make sure I look at every one of the Judiciary Board members when I say all living. In Luke 1.42, Elizabeth says to Mary, mother of Jesus, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Blessed is the fruit you, me, we are the fruit of the womb. And I look at all members of the Judiciary Board. Um, and then I go on. Psalm 139, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. My children are not my own. They were knit together by the great physician, the great creator. I am not my own. <clears throat> I was knit together by the same, and so were you. We are merely the caretakers entrusted with God's children. Consider these things. All living, blessed is the fruit of the womb, fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in marvelous works. And again, I look them all in the face as I say this very slowly, and then I exit. So right now, I want to move on to my wife's testimony, which she's going to give here. And then uh, we're going to react to our testimonies as we can. And then I'll read my daughter's testimony. So Jessica, would you mind reading your testimony for the audience, please? Sure. This was probably six or six thirty in the morning. Um, we were in the overflow room, um, waiting for our turn, which is the room next door. Like we're on deck to speak after the block twenty-four, and um, we had heard um, that guy talk about um, he that the young man who sang and. It was really uplifting to hear his song and it was just it was just something different. And I think if you were there, you would have heard the energy that came out of that room afterwards. People were praising and laughing and hooting and hollering after that. Um, people had been there all night. So something like that woke them up and gave them more courage to speak even more. So here's my here's my testimony. Hello, members of the Judiciary Board. My name is Jessica. I'm testifying today in opposition of LD 1619. I am a mother of four children that has also experienced an ectopic tubal pregnancy. My baby was grown inside my fallopian tube, not my uterus. I received an internal ultrasound and heard this baby's heartbeat at nine weeks of my pregnancy. My baby died shortly after and had to be removed from my body in order to save my life. This heartbeat was a life, a child, a blessing from God, not just a fetus. I am against this bill as I believe all life begins at conception. Women are, are created to be life givers. These little ones have no voice. Therefore, I am here to be a voice to speak up for God's children. 
I conclude with this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for these men and women of this board whose mothers all chose life in order to be witnesses here today. Father God, I pray that you overwhelm them with your love to see that each and every one of them is a child of God. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. I pray this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please oppose this bill. Thank you. Now, I only had one minute to do this, so I spoke it quite fast because after 10 o'clock, we were down to one minute. So a lot of us had to shorten our testimonies, which wasn't right and it wasn't fair. Now, did... uh... When you delivered your testimony and at the end of it, were the board members, did they actually respond in any way facially, body language wise, or was everybody worn out? Were they intently watching at that early hour on May 2nd? I'm not really sure because a lot of people were tired and the whole board wasn't even there at the time. I think there was four left. Maybe some were still listening intently, and these may be the ones who were on our side. And um, so they were just trying to move it quickly because they had something else in the afternoon that they wanted to get to. Now, uh, did uh, you find delivering this testimony rewarding in any way? I do, because it provides a voice for um, the children that I never got to have. Um, I also had two miscarriages and, um, and with that tubal pregnancy, um, I never knew what happened to that fetus. So, um, it was like speaking up for those voices that were in my body. Amen. Now you just heard my wife's reaction, uh, to her testimony and for those, uh, here's a little sidebar story out there. My, when my wife had the, that tubal uh, pregnancy, she she had gone in that day to be checked out. And then uh, obviously through the checking out, she heard the heartbeat. But the, the thing is, is it created internal bleeding. And we she didn't know it right away. I was at work and uh, my wife had to call me. And the thing is, I was about to go into a meeting where I was going to remove my cell phones and all my communication devices. And I, I was literally walking into it as she got a hold of me. And she was nearly passed out on the couch, uh, blood loss internally. And I called the ambulance. Uh, and at the same time, I got out of the meeting, obviously, and I was headed back. So I had the ambulance coming and I showed up. We both showed up both about the same time. And my wife had to go into, you know, uh, a surgery to 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 be saved. And that has always weighed heavy on her heart because she heard the heartbeat, you know, and that's the important thing about women speaking in the testimonies. Uh, it's just awesome to have the women from their firsthand accounts speak on what it's like to mother a child. 
uh, I'm going to move into my daughter's uh, testimony. And uh, my daughter couldn't be here. The first taping of this uh, this uh, story uh, was broken, so we had to fix it. And my daughter couldn't be here for the second time, which is is too bad. But again, it could be Satan at work here, right? So we will have my wife and daughter on uh, again, talking about this topic in Maine, as this is turning into a marathon. You heard it from the beginning. Go, this pro life battle is turning into a marathon. So we'll try to do a show down the road, like an update on all this. But here's my daughter's testimony. My daughter takes a very apologetic uh, feel to, to what she has to say. So this is my daughter, Anna Gary. Good evening, members of the Judiciary Committee. My name is Anna. I am 18 years old. I live in China, Maine. I'm testifying today in opposition to LD 1619, an act to improve Maine's reproductive privacy laws. This bill is too extreme and will allow for the murder of innocent human beings or persons. A number of people would say that an unborn child is not a person, and that is false. I'm here to prove the fallacy of that claim. A pro-choicer's argument would be that the size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency is what determines the personhood of a human being as these are the only factors that differ a fetus of a person than an adult simply because they are smaller. What about the level of human being's development? A fetus is much less developed than I am, but also I am much less developed than many of you sitting before me at the present time. I, a common argument states rational, rationality, uh, consciousness, and desire is what constructs personhood. If that was true, then what about a born infant? They have not yet developed these qualities as well. Does this give us the ability to murder them too? Okay. Well, another distinction between us and a fetus is the environment. We are outside the womb and a baby is within the womb. A person's location is always changing though. Why is the womb the only location that determines if we can kill someone or not? Lastly, the degree of a person's dependency is called into question. We claim that a fetus is not worthy of life based on their level of dependency. They are dependent on their mother in order to survive. If dependency is what makes someone unworthy of life, then what about infants, individuals with autism, and those with Alzheimer's? These are these people are almost equally as dependent as the unborn. Should we be able to kill them as well? At the end of this, we come up with three infallible truths. It's wrong to intentionally kill an innocent human being. All human beings are persons. Abortion intentionally kills a human being who is a person. In conclusion, abortion is wrong. It is the murder of an innocent child and should not be a choice for a physician to make. Murder is wrong in all circumstances, and we do not uh, we do not support this bill, which will expand the murders in Maine. Thank you. And that's the end of my daughter's testimony. And it was well done. My daughter is representative of probably about 50 to 100 different, you know, children or teenagers that testified. These were mighty powerful testimonies. Uh, so it was awesome when you got in your group or your block, as they call it, and you were in the waiting room and you would listen to the group before you. 
I mean, like I had alluded to earlier, there was women that had previous abortions in their life that were speaking up and they were testifying to the truth that this was a wrong decision and it, it wore heavy on them all their life. A lot of these women had, uh, were converted over to Christianity and found Christ, but their stories are extremely powerful. But there was a 12 year old boy that spoke, uh, I think shortly after my group did, and his was a powerful testimony. It was awesome that, uh, he would do that. And, and I think he was, I think he was born, if I remember correctly, right after the viability stage. And so he was a preemie and he he was speaking on, uh, look at me now, look at who I am now. I'm before you testifying. So that was a pretty awesome testimony uh, to hear. And then obviously the audio clip that I played earlier uh, was one of the more unique ones that was done. So you can imagine if we had 675 people show up, well, show up, sign up to testify with the jockeying of time. So cutting the times down, you know, some people miss their uh, time to testify naturally because this this went into multiple, uh, you know, at least the following day. So we had we had to have had at least 500 to 550 that actually, you know, met their time and testified. Uh, we would have had all 675 if the times would have been predictable. And see, that was one of the the negative rubs on them switching the times is people went away from the Capitol to get a break or go home for a little bit. And then they changed the times on them and they missed their time slot, uh, you know, unbeknownst to them. So. Anyway, that that's my daughter has played a key role, I would say, in uh, energizing the youth here in the central Maine area, especially amongst the uh, evangelical churches here in this area. And uh, there's a lot of other young ladies that spoke up and spoke very well. I mean, there's, there was young guys, too, but. Uh, it's awesome to see. I think when you see these young ladies uh, stand up and speak for life uh, and then get so active in it and, uh, you know, you see the energy and the life going on, it's just an awesome thing. My daughter has been on one of these programs before where she's talked about her turning point chapter. But through that, her turning point chapter, they also discuss, you know, current political things. And obviously, this is the biggest one in Maine. Uh, this opposition to uh, LD 1619. So she's also on the 25th of May, she she had a Liberty Institute speaker come up where uh, that speaker was essentially teaching uh, the group that my daughter had um, apologetics for, you know, pro-life movement and how to speak and what to say, you know. And one of, one of the things is, to, to put in your mind is the unborn. Well, they're using the term preborn now. In in my life, I've always used the baby. It's always been a baby to me. I try to avoid using the word fetus uh, because it kind of, in my mind, dehumanizes it. So I always say baby, regardless, you know, because quite all, I, as far as I understand, if a pregnant woman gets shot, there's two you know, somebody gets charged for a double murder there, right? So it's it's a baby in my mind. And so there was a, 
there was a lot of discussion around using the proper terminology now to actually, you know, be more catchy for people to embrace, you know, the life movement. For example, they always used to call the pregnancy centers crisis centers. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that kind of at, at face value kind of sends the the wrong uh, message right up front. Now they're calling them pregnancy centers. So my daughter has been tremendous in uh, standing up uh, meetings and soliciting volunteers and being a key volunteer and getting the youth involved in this uh, battle that we got going on here. And this Liberty Institute speaker that we had, she said that my daughter planned this whole event herself, well, with, with her chapter, with her support from her other teenagers, they did it all themselves. And they, the Liberty Institute said this was the third biggest uh, crowd that they have ever seen. Uh, if everybody would have showed up, it would have been the number, the biggest uh, speaker event that they had. I think she ended up having 135 show up. Uh, it was an awesome event. Again, it worked right. Uh, Representative Laurel Libby was there. So it, it continues to drive the ball forward for the Speak Up for Life. And also, uh, if she had 155 signed up. 20 didn't make it for some reason. So if they would have, it would have been the biggest event that the Liberty Institute's ever done. Uh, we have stalemated them. They haven't been able to slam dunk this to recap. And, uh, you know, people are energized around this movement. This movement will actually expand beyond uh, just, just this. It'll actually go to other political uh, movements and actually probably help inspire political candidates as well as we move into, you know, a presidential election year. Uh, but it's, it's just awesome to see good people finally coming together. I mean, under the COVID th three years of tyranny, again, different levels of it through the different years, but uh, we haven't seen each other. You know, and this is finally a kind of a rally call for everybody to come together. And uh, when you come together, it's it's energizing and it's it's fun and it's awesome. So it's just been um, one of the highlights of the spring, I would say, here in Maine. And I can't highlight enough uh, that this did happen, even though it hasn't been, uh, you know, publicized across the nation. But you and your states can do the same thing. And it's simple. It's it's not you don't have to make it that ridiculously crazy. It's just Laurel Libby ended up going to the church, started with the churches and it's expanded beyond there. And I'm sure if, you know, you're open in your own state, if you want to take on these battles, because I think they're coming up in every state now or will be very soon. You just uh, you look for the people that are energized to volunteer for these things. And my daughter uh, has been that. And uh, my wife um, has to, to the degree she can, uh, minus, you know, work and stuff like that. And certainly I have by uh, supporting their efforts in this and certainly getting the word out. Getting the word out is a big deal. So hopefully you find this a very extreme, you know, a extremely hopeful message that grassroots does change things. Grassroots are happening across the nation. Uh, you know, the, we aren't shut down completely. 
we aren't totally disheartened across the nation. So I want to end with this. I want to say uh, thanks to our donors and go sign up to give donations as your donations, like I said earlier, have helped our nation's finest fight for their rights, and they will continue to do that. You can go to www.truthforhealth.org. That's www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts and check all our resources that we provide for medical advice to ministry help and constitutional rights information. This is Dr. Lee for America wrapping up today's Whistleblower Report. Tune in every day, Monday through Friday, on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, 12 noon Eastern and 12 midnight Eastern Time. And share our messages with your friends and network. Sign up for our email alerts and our programs at www.truthforhealth.org. And join us every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. for our virtual community, Seeking Faith Over Fear, and bringing you topics across all areas that affect us today from medicine, ministry, law, the environment, and ways that you can develop your health and resiliency for all that we face in the chaos. Our message is control the controllables and be prepared. Be prepared and strengthened to stand against tyranny, to reclaim your freedom, and to stand for God's truth and medical truth as our founders envisioned for this constitutional republic one nation under God with liberty and justice for all of its people. God bless you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you back again tomorrow for the next Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation.